Dave, what have you been up to? Well, I've not been anywhere and I've not been away. Yes. What about I have, you? I have been away. Me and Jackie have been to Porto for a couple of days. Nice. Absolutely gorgeous. In a bit of a um, heat wave over there as well. Really? Even the Portuguese, for the time of year, it was really hot. It was like, it was like 28, 29 degrees mid-afternoon. I'm guessing you had the Factor 50 on because you're not... <laughs> Totally bronzed, are you? <laughs> we had factor 30, but because it's such an oldie worldy roads, you're always in the shade because you we don't we didn't go to sit in the sun. Mm. But talking about fact, some fact there, suntan lotion. Jackie was like, Oh, I forgot to pack some because the way you can't, we were flying and you can't take your stuff through. There's only so much you can take, yeah. So we'll go there. So we found this little pharmacy and she bought a little bottle of. I make up and a mover and a bottle of suntan lotion. 47 euros. For two items? Yeah. What? She picked the most expensive suntan lotion <laughs> and the most expensive... I was like, so it was a joke, but every time I mentioned it, it was going higher and higher. You know, that 70 euro <laughs> bottle of suntan lotion, you, got, you know, that 100 euro. Oh, and every time we walked past it, it was like, oh, there's your pharmacy, Jack. She's like, yeah. And then the funny thing was, the the last full day we were there, you can hire these like little... They're like golf... Buggies, no electric golf buggies, hmm. but in, some are in the shape of, you no know, like, tuk-tuks. Right. And some are in the shapes of, like, old Ford Model T cars. And you get on them and a little, um, they're like little tiny cars and you drive you around all the little roads and someone does, like, a tour of, like, points out, you know, historical events and what happened in here and what happened there and went past the pharmacy which Jackie bought the Suntan Lotion and here is the oldest pharmacy in Porto it's like yeah we've already been did you not say the most expensive yeah. pharmacy in Porto yeah oh it was such a beautiful place though and we were just chatting then about it and it's only dawned on Suicide Squad the James Gunn film was filmed there in some of the scenes and it's it's I think I know which bits they were we were talking about it before. You could have done some recreation pictures, couldn't you? Yeah, I didn't there? even think about that until after we come back. But Should have Googled it. What about you? What have you been watching this week? So I've watched up to now 146 episodes of Cheers. Oh that's you are And I've got 106 to go. <laughs> <laughs> so up to series seven. And do you know what? We were talking when we about the influences on, like, Ted Lasso. Yeah. There's a really heartbreaking episode, you know, at the end of, I think it's at the end of six. And Rebecca's in love with a boss, so it turns out he's, he's moving off to, That's to right, Japan. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she ends up by sort of, you know, the way it's all um, comedy happens and she ends yeah, up yeah. having to, to, to drive him and stuff. And in the episode, she's, like, really tearing up in the car. Because he's going to like Japan and stuff, and she because she's trying to, she tells him that she loves him, but he doesn't hear it, and then it turns out he's bringing someone, and it's generally quite heartbreaking. And then the end of the episode is as well because, again, it reminded me just like where Ted Lasso got the influences from. Sam is obviously always trying to hit on her, isn't he? Yeah, but she's dead vulnerable at the time because the boss is gone, she's upset, and she says to Sam, "You're my best friend." And he's like, you don't have any friends from college. She's like, no, you're literally my best friend. So he feels really bad. So he decides he's going to leave because, you know, he knows something's going to happen yeah, if yeah. he stays and it's not it's not going to be good. But what Sam does, he goes downstairs and he rings her from the phone box so she's not alone. So he knows he can't be with her. 
because he he just can't help himself. But he phones her because she doesn't want to be alone. And it's like, so he's in the lobby downstairs phoning her, and she just starts telling him all the story. And I was like, it's quite like half, but yeah, like, I, for like I a actually remember comedy. that episode. It's really you good, say, yeah. You know, yeah. See, so you forget. Cheers. You just remember the funny bits, but it was very heartfelt as well. I think yeah. that, that's what made it so real. And, and obviously that goes into Frasier as well all the same. Definitely. Uh, Loki's back. I haven't I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the show yet. Ahsoka? Ahsoka? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Um, I need to go and watch a recap of The Clone Wars. We were talking about this. So you've got some Disney things to yeah. catch up on. Yeah, definitely. Loki was really good. And I watched Blackberry. So it's excellent. It's got Glenn Howerton in, uh, Jay Burrishell, I think it's pronounced, and it is the truth. It's no remind me of of um, Air, so the Matt yes, Damon film. Yes, it's yeah. very much like that, where it's all about the very beginnings of, of Blackberry and then right up to like. Oh, I definitely want to watch it. Do you know who else was in it? Who? Not a big part, but Carrie Elwes was in it. Well, that's interesting, Dave. Shall we start the show? As you wish. Welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you haven't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say, if you've never seen Life on Mars, well, it's dinner time and I'm having oops. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Dave, you alright? I'm alright. So box set one and two, we just picked our favourite films and TV shows that we could think of. And we Did didn't you? have a theme in mind. No, there was no there was no pre-arranged thinking of what we were picking. We just picked favourite films and TV shows, but it wasn't until we did the special episode at the end of box set two where I'd sort of looked on it and there was reoccurring themes amongst our choices which were quite obvious when we went back and looked at them and I mean that got us talking for box set three and that's where we decided to have five themes was it we both picked a, we both picked a film or choice tv from a f- yeah so one and two themes were just unintentional yeah, yeah. we literally just picked films and then you did a little bit of analysis and went actually got, these yeah. your <laughs> yeah. films tie in my films tie in Box set three, yeah, five themes. We had more animation, hidden gem. 80s blockbuster films one of us hadn't seen. Yeah, and then we had, what was the fifth theme? Miniseries. Was, yeah. So we'd just done State to Play last week, didn't we, to finish off box set three. This is a whole new box set. It's only a little short one, but we've gone with a director. Yes. And we've gone with director because you picked a film. Well, I've already done... Stand By Me, 
which is, of course, directed by Rob Reiner. And it was when we went through his list of films, we thought, oh, my God, there's such a cracking set of films yeah. that he'd done. And I was determined I wanted to do Princess Bride. And then I think you wanted to do... A few Good Men. And then it just sort of evolved. Going, Why don't we just do the whole box set on Rob Reiner films? So there will be eight Rob Reiner films. There'll be seven new episodes because then we're going to throw in Stand By Me. So there will be eight and then what's the twist, Dave? So the twist is we're going to do a special episode after we've done the box set. And it's going to be essentially knockouts. It is, yeah. We're going to pair up each of the movies randomly. I'm going to decide somehow what is our favourite Rob Reiner movie of all time. Yeah. Somehow. We haven't quite worked that bit out. But no, I just mean, I don't know how we're going to come to a decision there's going to be There's going to be some technical details we need to work out, but the idea is we'll, we'll run through all the episodes. We're going to have seven new episodes. We're going to include Stand By Me, so there's going to be eight Rob Reiner episodes. Yeah. And then as a special one at the end, we'll go back and we'll try and pick between us our favourite Rob Reiner film, it's going to be interesting because it's tough. He's he's got a hell of a list. So Liam, tell the listener a couple of facts about Rob Ryan, and we'll do that on every episode. Okay. Did you know, listener, Rob Ryan is now seventy six. Rob Ryan was also born in New York City, and his father and mother are Carl Rayner and Estelle Rayner, both veterans of the comedy and entertainment scene of New York. New York, New York. <laughs> so what have you picked? This week I've picked The Princess Bride. Inconceivable. <laughs> that was, I was going to look. I was going to use that myself at some point. <laughs> Inconceivable. Let's <laughs> just love it. Okay, The Princess Bride is the 1987 Rob Reiner film that is a classic fairy tale story of revenge and how one's true love will always come through. So why The Princess Bride? I will have to pick a Rob Reiner film, didn't I? You did. <laughs> For the Rob Reiner box the, set. Of all the ones available. It's a funny one, Princess Bride. I've only ever seen it once before until I watched it again the other day. And it's one of them films I never really knew about. But all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, I've become really aware of it. And I'd never seen it, so I, I, I watched it. So you didn't see it when it came out? No, no, no. So literally, must have only been about four years ago when I first saw it, but it completely passed me by. I like I knew the name, yeah. but I just didn't know what it was. I had no idea it was a Rob Ryan film. I had no idea it was a comedy. I had no idea who was in it. It was just, I didn't really think it was a film I liked. And then... I just became really aware of it. And I remember watching going, oh my God, this is just brilliant because it's not like a lot of other films. It's quite strange because it's, it's, it's not quite a spoof, but it's not, it's not a comedy. And it's not a straight fam, like fantasy adventure. It's a little bit of a funny one. Is it a panto on the screen? I think it is. I think that's a really good description because... The acting in it is amazing because some of the acting's terrible in it, but it's trying to be that really bad, terrible acting, which 
an actor's got to be really good to pull it <laughs> off, if that makes sense. It's it's really got to be like, good to be bad. Yeah, because a lot of the way that the, the delivery of the lines is very over the top. The script is is bonkers. Like the actual language, it's not Shakespeare. It's not that that sort of intelligent or or beautifully written. But it is as well. It, it's it's based on a child on a book, isn't it? A children's yeah, yeah. book, and it's hard to describe because I don't think it's played for children. No, but children will in. Joy certainly scenes in it. To me, when when I watched it again, because it's been a while since I've watched it, I definitely watched it when I was younger. I've definitely watched it a couple of times since, not loads. But when I watched it again last night, I was thinking that this is the equivalent of a, a, a pantomime. It's 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 which for maybe some of our listeners have never seen a pantomime. Yeah, it's, well, that's a very <laughs> it's a very British thing. It's a very British thing. Well, oh no, it isn't. Oh yes, it is. Some people any outside of the UK won't understand that reference. But that's what I mean. It it is. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. It's a bit of a strange one, and I think if you look at Rob Reiner's catalogue, it sort of stands out a little bit as well as like. So it's different. Is, yeah. It's, is, it, it's, is it influenced by those Saturday morning serials, which probably before we were born, like the Flash Gordons and I, probably some of the Batman, Superman sort of things from the, the 40s, 50s? I always think it's heavily influenced by the Monty Python films as well. If they'd have replaced the horses with coconuts, that would have been amazing, yeah, actually. But <laughs> I think because obviously did not long he did this not long after Spinal Tap. Yeah, he had that run of yeah. movies which so, we're going to cover. And I think he was heavily influenced by Monty Python. Mm. So I, I think that's that's the nearest thing I could see, but it's not as British, even though the it is. Britishness. <laughs> yeah, the, the Britishness, because that's what makes Monty Python. There's a couple of British stars in it. There is, and a lot, yeah, of, it's, it's, a lot of it's filmed yeah. in England as well and a bit of an island, so it, it, it's, it's got, yeah, and yeah. No, it's, it's a strange one, it's a funny one, but I do enjoy it. So a couple of things I noticed and didn't know was we're going to talk about the actors that were in it. It's a couple of people that nearly in it. Oh, go on. Pally Arnie was nearly in it as the giant. Interesting. But obviously by the time they come round to sort of filming it, Arnie was massive. He so, was a, oh, that's right, I, remember I don't mean in size. He'd have a late growth spare to 30 odd. He was going to cost too much. Um, a couple of other people, I don't know if this is true. But you sent me that photograph last night of... Arnold's to, just so you could see the size. So yeah. it's from the set of Conan. So Arnie's in his full Conan gear, and I can't remember even the, the other actor now who was a wrestler. But the two of them are holding Arnie up, and Arnie looks like a child, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks tiny compared to, to to well, was we know him as Andre the Giant, but what's yeah. his name? Andre Rusinov. Rusinov. Well, Lou Ferrino was considered for the Giant, who played the Hulk. Apparently, Liam Neeson. I saw that. I don't know if that's true. And he just turned up, but he wasn't tall enough. I mean, you know, he's tall. They run round said he was only six foot four. <laughs> <laughs> Danny DeVito was nearly in it. Uh, yes. What pay? What was um, the Visiny? That would make inconceivable. sense. Inconceivable. You can, you can I mean, see Danny DeVito. It is conceivable. Inconceivable. It's inconceivable. Inconceivable. Buttercup, who is one of the main characters, some of the people allegedly that were in the morning, Uma Thurman. That would have been interesting. Meg Ryan. Interesting. Sean Young, Susie Amos, Courtney Cox. And the other interesting one was Whoopi Goldberg as well. 
that would have been really interesting. So should we go into who is actually in it then? So who is in it? So the main character, I think, is Wesley, played by Carrie Ellis. Elvis. Ellis. Carrie Ellis. He's famous because straight after this, he went and did Robin Hood Men in Tights. He's also in Liar Liar. He is, yeah. Um, but I love one of my favourite TV shows is a documentary series called Cosmos by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's a like astronomer and all that. He does a lot of voice work in one of those episodes and you know which one it is as well because he's got such a distinctive mm. voice as well. They had a few I picked out for him. So I picked out like Glory from 1989. That's a really good film. He was in Days of Thunder. He was, yes. He was in Hot Shots. He, yeah. I had Robin Hood, but he's also in, which you haven't caught up on yet, he's in Stranger Things. Yeah, that's right. No, I, I didn't get past the second series of Stranger You're Things, if I'm to. honest. Um, no. Blackberry, which I watched this week, is excellent. He hasn't got a big part in that, but the scenes he's in are really good. He's in the new Mission Impossible as well. He is, yeah. Do you know what I found when I was watching it again? Because I'd watched Blackberry this week, and obviously he's, he must be in his... 60s, maybe yeah, yeah. now. Must be now, yeah. I went up, went up up in Spider and I was like, he's got movie star features, hasn't he? He's, he's a gorgeous oh, man, isn't he? Well, Rob Reiner <laughs> literally cast him because he looked like Harold Flynn. I can, yeah, you can he, totally see that, yeah, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Because it's been such a long time since I'd seen it, so it was really weird watching a film the night before where he's, you know, his, his current age and then putting yeah. that on the next night and going, wow, when he was younger. And, it, and it's Hollywood beautiful as well. Yeah. That makes sense. It's yeah. not like if you saw him down the street, he looks a bit weird. But on screen, it's like, oh, yeah. It's like a Disney, he's proper Disney prince, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, on, yeah. on screen. So who else have we got? We've got Buttercup, played by Robin Wright. Most famous for House Cards with Kevin Spacey. I haven't seen that, you know. It's, I saw the ones up until, I think, I think I've seen the four, first four series, but then after all the sort of Kevin Spacey business, which we mentioned on a previous episode, she became the, the main protagonist. Right. And it was, she was quite, although she played his wife, she was quite manipulating character herself, so it would be quite interesting to see where they went with that. But she's also in Moneyball, which I'd forgotten about. Mm-hmm. She's also in State of Play, the the Hollywood version of the box set we did last week, and Forrest Gump. I always forget to turn in Forrest Gump as well. Yeah, she's his mum. Yeah, yeah, no, so she's the girlfriend. The, sorry, yeah, yeah. She, Jenny. I had Toys with Robin Williams from 1992. Yeah. She's in that. And she's in Wonder Woman as well. She is. And she she's cameos in all the DC, UC ones, and not she? Yeah. yeah. And we've also got Prince Humperdinck, played by Chris Sarandon. Not much, I know he's he's, he's a big TV star, a lot like a lot of TV, but thing thing most listeners would know him from is Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Did you notice he was in the Tales cartoon, like the rebooted one yeah. in 2012? He was Count Dracula. <laughs> but yeah, he's not not been loads of things no. that people would know. We've also got Count Rugen, played by the excellent Christopher Guest, again Rob Reiner. Friend, I think they come through a lot. He's done Spinal Tap, Best in Show. We've also got Vizzini, played by Wallace Shaw, who has one of the greatest voices in Hollywood. <laughs> you will know him all as Rex from Toy Story, but he's also was in Life on Mars, the US version as well. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah again, little throwback to something we mentioned last right. week's episode. Well, actually, we're going to keep saying last week's episode, but last box this, set. 
this episode probably going out weeks later, which we'll explain at some point. But yeah, so we've also got we mentioned him before, Fezzik, played by Andre the Giant, Andre Rusimov. He I can't actually remember what else he's been in. He's done done a couple of things, Andre the Giant, hasn't he? Yeah, I don't think anything as big as yeah, as big as famous this, as this. this he was everyone knew who Andre the Giant was. He was a big star in the He's not the figure. And then we've got the grandson played by Fred Savage, who's obviously more famous for Wonder Years. More recently, he's gone on directs a lot of TV, including quite a lot of episodes of Modern Family. And he also does star as Caleb in one really good episode of Modern Family, which gets themselves in a situation with Mitch and Cam, which is really <laughs> quite funny. We've also got Peter Folk. Is it Peter Falk? Falk. Peter Falk, isn't it? Obviously, everyone knows him as Columbo. And did you notice it the bit when he first walked in the room and he, in Princess Bride? Because Fred Savage, the, yeah. the, the premise of the story is right at the start. He's coming in to read the story to Fred Savage because he's staying off school. Because he say, he comes in with his coat over his arm. Oh, is it the Columbo coat? Is yeah. It? yeah. It's, well, it's another way he's all, in Columbo. Right. He's always carrying yeah. his coat. He comes in and I'm like, that's obviously that intended. which <laughs> made me chuckle a little bit. And we've got a couple of little cameos. We've got Peter Cook, who plays one of the clergymen, who's obviously Peter Cook is famous for stuff. He's done Dudley Moore. Oh, my God, an absolute genius comedy character. Mel Smith from Smith & Jones. He's got a little character in it as well. But, and he does steal the show a little bit, Billy Crystal as Miracle Max. You will know Billy Crystal from City Slickers, Monsters, Inc. And he's obviously been in an episode of Frasier. Yeah, <laughs> and friends, and which friends you mentioned well. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we do Mandy Patinkin? No, I didn't. I missed him off, didn't I? Got to oh. do Mandy Patinkin. Who was he played in the Argo Montoya? I only really know him from Homeland. In fact, that's how I got onto Princess Bride because I was watching Homeland. I was going through his history. And How have you seen that? And I thought, oh, and. Because he's completely Wills Park characters. You couldn't have two Saul he plays in Homeland, which I think he's brilliant in. I think that's how I ended up going down the rabbit hole and ended up in Princess Bride. So you haven't seen Alien Nation? No, I haven't. That's an excellent film from 1988. And Mandy Patinkin was in an episode of The Simpsons. He was, yes. Well, to, to be fair, again, there's going to be a lot of characters. I'm sure someone else... We I always think, try and link Chris to The Simpsons. Chris Guest has been in The Simpsons. Oh, definitely. He must yeah, have. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely yeah, yeah. The one thing I was going to bring up just with Mel Smith was the Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree with Kim Wilde. Yeah, That's probably what he's maybe most famous for now, isn't it? Well, and directing the Mr Bean movie. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's a good yeah, show, yeah. yeah. Peter Cook is just... Oh, he's just... What's the... Him and Dudley... Dudley Moore. I think, is it... Derek and Clive, they play these two fucking cockneys <laughs> and they talk about fucking going to fucking kick him right in the fucking ball. And that's all he do. It's this comedy. I don't think they ever allowed to do it on radio. They put it out right. on record. And it's just the pair of them in the most obscene, cockney, vulgar term. They're just beating people up. Derek and Clive, it's Hilarious. The most random thing with Peter Cook is he was in the Supergirl movie. 
He was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. it's really random, yeah. that, isn't it? Because then he's like, you know, uh, just one of the most famous British comedians. I think the end of his career, he was popping up on a few little random things on TV and stuff like that. Because he'd sort of, he was, because he was all TV back in the day, TV and radio yeah. was, and that was when radio was really big as well. So, massive list of um, actors that are, that are in this. Have you got a particular then favourite performance or character? What's funny is because the one I forgot on me, like, <laughs> it was that the good. most important. I forgot about. So it's Inyago Montoya. How could you not pick as your favourite character? That's what I picked. I know it's just. I was going to pick someone else because I thought you are going to pick him. But he is the best character. He is, and don't get me wrong. In Kai Elvis played Wesley is brilliant as well. Could I did enjoy him. You could have picked Billy Crystal, even though he's only in it for a matter of minutes, because he yeah. does absolutely steal the show. But Inyago Montoya, it's just it, the film is all about it, and there's a big part of the film he's not even in it. There's like he's in the start. The, the plot line is about them too, isn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, but he comes and starts, and then he's, he dis, he disappears for the big mm. middle bit, and then he appears again. So there's a big part of the film he's not. But he's just oh, and I'm, I'm reading an interview with um, Mandy Patakin who said. How do you pronounce the name? Patinkin. Patinkin. Tell you what, I think I did really well. Box F3, we name pronunciations. And maybe we just specifically <laughs> chose films and TVs with characters and actors that can pronounce the name. He said there's already a day goes by where people don't come back and quote the famous line from this film, which at some point we will mention. But he said it was probably is one of the most proudest moments in his whole career. Playing Niago Montoya, and it's just he said it's just he said it just makes him so happy when he thinks of this film. It's everything, isn't it? He's got he's the one with the most backstory in the yes. movie, isn't he? Yeah, oh, he's just amazing. I think, yeah. I I I was gonna pick someone else, but I just thought you can't. He's no, just too he's it, just it, too good. Such a good performance, and I think that's what really made me think I need to watch this film because he's amazing as all. In Homeland, completely different mm. kettle of fish performance wise, and I was like, and that's when I sort of came aware of Princess Bride. I need to watch this film now, but yeah, so there you go. So have you got a favourite scene? Have you got a favourite just just moment? I've got a couple of couple of favourite moments when Niago and Count Rugen first meet, where he finally gets to go. I am what's the famous line? I'm I'm prepared to die or whatever. Yeah, you it? kill my father. Prepared to die. And then he runs off. Yeah. <laughs> It's just perfect because <laughs> he spent 20 years chasing him down. But then when he eventually catches up with him, that line at um, Count Rune comes like you have an overdeveloped sense of vengeance. <laughs> just a brilliant line that only someone Christopher uh, Christopher Guest could pull off. I love that bit. I also like when Yago and Wesley first meet when they're on the mountaintop. And he did, it's like, because he, he, he leans over and he's still climbing the rope. He's like, can you mind not looking? It's quite difficult to climb. <laughs> and in the end, he throws in the rope, pulls him up, because that's that's where he goes, I promise you, I, I will wait till you get up before I kill you. Yeah. And, all. and then you have that great sword scene where they're both pretending to be left-handed. Yeah, yeah. And they fight with both hands yeah, and yeah. swap over. Yeah. So I was reading that both Mandy and Carrie, when they were rehearsing, they rehearsed that scene for, for months and days. And when you first showed Rob Ryan, he was a bit like, ah, 
Not was impressed. He's been, been underwhelmed and told him <laughs> to go away and redo it all. <laughs> he was like, ah, because I think what he said was because it's not sword fighting, it's fencing. It's a little bit different. So, oh, so they were like doing as if they had like board sword. As no, I think to... what they were doing because it was. I mean, the actions. I mean, th- th- when he was because they would talk by two proper fences. Mm. So I think when Rob Ryan saw it, it on the screen, it just looked a bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he said, so hence why he, Rob Ryan had brought in the idea of them going up and down the steps, swinging off the tree, and just to sort of... A bit of, more swashbuckling. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think, but I love the idea of being rehearsed for months and the show, and Rob <laughs> Ryan was like, ah. <laughs> But my favourite scene in it is the bit where Count Rugen is is in the, in the door to his little tr- secret tree dungeon hmm. where there's torture and Wesley and uh, Prince Humperdinck's there and he's like do you, want, do you want to come down and watch me torture and he goes as much as I do like to watch you torture I've got a lot I've got a lot on to do <laughs> and he sort of leaves I don't know what it is about that scene it just cracks me up it's, it's very Christopher Guest type yeah yeah scene isn't it do you want to come it? and watch me torture because you know I love watching you work <laughs> you're a good work but right now I've got to go and plan my country's 500th anniversary and get married and yeah. all that stuff and I just it's such a random scene and I absolutely it's love like it a, it's like a normal conversation isn't it yeah, as yeah. opposed to like the dramatic one because everything else is hyped up as like that panto style isn't it I liked when Wesley's paralysed and they're both carrying them and yeah. just his head's, like, flopping everywhere. But when he's having a conversation, laugh. Andre's Jones flipping his head round <laughs> so, so he's looking at whoever's and talking. And again, it comes back to um, Carrie Ellis, how good his acting is in yeah. it as yeah, well because really he's, good. he's just hilarious. And I just like all the scenes with Fred Savage and Peter Falk. Yeah, the, 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 he's a really good actor as a kid, Fred Savage. He, he, was, he really manages to... I don't know, he's such a good actor. I know. What about um, music then? Well, it's quite funny because I said to you when we were doing our notes, I said, I didn't really notice the music in it. And then you looked at me, it's like, because it was, it's Mark Knopfler did the score for it and he was Oscar nominated. And I went on Spotify and I played, it's the one he got the, the, the nomination for, the song Storybook Love. And as soon as I put it on, I went, oh, yeah, I do know Because it. <laughs> it's, it's as soon as a little guitar bit comes in, it's Mark you know Knopfler. It's him, it's yeah. like, it's, it is Mark. So, yeah, so the Mark Knopfler's done the soundtrack. I've had a quick listen. Didn't notice it that much in a film, but that's not a good thing sometimes because that means the music was just pitched right and was just there. But go back and listen to the music. is really well done. What about them? One of our favourite questions. What would you have changed to make it slightly better in your opinion? In my opinion, not that it means much, I would have loved more Peter Cook and more Billy Crystal. Peter Cook's really just a small... Yeah. What, Literally. Two-minute scene, yeah, maybe? Yeah, and he, he's one of the standout scenes. Billy Crystal's only in it for a couple of minutes. Mm. He's got one of the standout scenes. But that's probably what makes their scene so good because there is such only a little snapshot of them. So I'd love a bit more of them. The other things I've got is there is a couple of production gaffes. I noticed when I was watching it, there are a couple of little things like some of the syncing because Andre the Giant doesn't do the voice bit. It's, it's another actor because he voice speaks it. French, doesn't he? Yeah, but the the syncing some bits it's really good, and other bits it's just 
a little bit out. The bit I did notice when I rewatched it again today is there's the scene where we don't know as Wesley yet because he's still a man in black because he then took Buttercup on the top of the hill and they're having that conversation. I think it's the one where they end up rolling down. He's like, if you wish. <laughs> so over the top, yeah. isn't it? But you can see houses in the background. There's a little bit you can you can make out like some, proper houses. Yeah, some modern houses. I was really like, I never noticed yeah, at all. Yeah. But I bet you know, I wouldn't put it past my buying and everyone to have seen that and went, just leave it in. Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Just yeah. leave it in because that is actually like more funny. Yeah. That, that but people might notice. I think on the whole, I've watched a lot of Rob Ryan films. Production wise, they're not immaculate, if that makes sense. There's like little continuity errors, but it's sort of it's the charm of it as well. He's, he's almost like it doesn't matter. It's all, he does, I think he's one of them directors that goes with the feel or the moment of it, which I love because one of my favourite musical heroes is Neil Young. And he he will do multiple takes of songs and he will sometimes put a version out that might have a mistake in it, like a bum note or, or like a drummer's missed a beat or something. But he goes, it feels there. So I'm going to use that one. And I think Rob Ryan is very similar. Probably in that, like in that yeah. scene. It, it's it's yeah. such a comedic scene. It really probably doesn't matter what is going on in the background, does it? A couple of things I had to change is not only more scenes with Peter Falk, but I think could have maybe some more voiceover bits from him <laughs> yeah, throughout yeah. the movie as and well. And I noticed, I was, because I remember when I was watching again this morning, I thought there was more narration by him, but it wasn't because at the start, it, there's a little bit, and it's once the story leads in, and then every now and again, it pop back out into the to, to, mm. the, the grandson and the granddad. But yeah, I thought there was more of it as well. I'd have liked a bit more, just because yeah. if you've got them, use them. And the only other scene I would change, the scene with Fezzik, who is the Andre, the giant character. Yeah. There's a scene where he turns up and they push them in on a wheelbarrow. That's right, yeah. And all the soldiers are looking, and you can't make out that it's him. But then the camera does a little bit of a close-up. It just up. looks like it's like a like a, a dummy or something standing in a black coat. Yeah, but it? then you get a close-up where you're a few feet away, and his face is clearly yeah. sticking out the hood. Then it cuts back, and it's not, and it just it's a little bit messy. Yeah, from like a viewer point of view of yeah, you're right. It looks like a dummy. We know it's him, and then it goes a little bit close, and you can see it's him. It's like whether. He, for some reason, he wasn't available for the wide shots or something, but well, it just didn't quite... It I, looks a bit odd. I did read, at the point of his career, Andre Giant, he had really bad backs. So there was a lot of things he couldn't actually do. One, the bit where he where he's holding Buttercup, apparently she's being held by someone else because although he's massive, he had a really bad back and there's a few things he couldn't do. Imagine with all his years of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Again... It goes with that production value thing that is. It's not perfect. No, it, and it might just be for those wide scenes. He wasn't. He just wasn't there. They just filmed the close-up scenes on a certain thing, but it it just makes the scene a little bit messy. But I, the I, film's like like yeah. I say, it's, it it it's got messy bits in it on paper. It has got messy it? bits in, yeah. Uh, but we don't care. It's no, Rob we Reiner. Don't. <laughs> That's why he gets a whole box set dedicated to himself. So you found this film quite late, but what impression did it make then when it came out? It was not a hit at all. So it came out in 1987. I mentioned it had a £16 million budget. It only took about £30 million in the box office. So it... But Made think, its money, but Yeah. No. 
where its legacy lies is it's become a real cult favourite and it's purely down to what I think it's it's the so many quotes that people remember. Mm. So they're obviously the most famous one, Hello, my name is Inyega Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. That's the most famous one, but it's a very quotable film. I think that's its legacy. Those little moments, those little moments in the script of those lines. Are, it's a strange one, like because it like so when you ask me before, why did it pick here? I can't really quite put my finger on it because he said it's far from perfect as a film. And is it a is it a family film? Is it a kids' film? Is it an adult film? Is it just too hard to pin I down? Don't, I don't think I don't think it's it doesn't work as a kids' film. If I'm totally honest, because we've had this conversation, because some of the choices I've chose, I remember in one of the episodes in the last box, it was like kids' films that work as adult films. I don't think this works that way. This this is not a kids' film that works as adult film. I think it's probably why it didn't land, because it it's just what is it? It's it's like a yeah. I can imagine going to see it at the cinema, coming back. And your friend says to you, what was it like? And you go, oh, it's brilliant. And they yeah. go, what, well, what's it sort of like? And you go, it's it's a, played as a children's adventure story, but it's aimed at sort of adults, but it's, but it's got bad acting. <laughs> and it's like, well... That's is, good. It's got bad acting, that's great. <laughs> it is, and there's no adult themes in it. There's no adult jokes, so to speak. So... It's really strange. Like I said, it, it it's a strange one. It is. Which it's is so good, isn't it? But it's just grown in popularity over the years. It has. It is a really good example of a cult film. I do agree with your comment, though. How do you how do you do bad acting? Because it it it's good acting <laughs> to play a bad actor. <laughs> Is really good acting. Not many people could deliver those lines no. that like Harry yeah. Elwes does. Oh, he's and the way that he yeah. does them. He's he's just perfect, yeah, isn't yeah. he? So, time to move on then. Ooh. Time to dim the lights, please, Kenny. How are you, Kenny? Yeah, he's okay. He's alright. Been quiet this week. He's been looking after the house for us while we were in Porto. Oh, I didn't <laughs> didn't leave a mess then though. No, good no. lad. Right, <laughs> no parties. Right, thanks for that, Kenny. Liam, this is your quick fire round. You have two seconds to answer each question, and I will only take your first answer. Animation or real-life fantasy movies? Real life. Disney or Studio Ghibli? Oh, I'm going to have to go Disney. Favourite children's story? Favourite children's story. Okay. This is a really random one. Do you remember when we went to school? This is this is going to be quite... I <laughs> <laughs> More than two seconds, though. So do you remember Mr. Grantham? I do. Old Headmaster, he looked old Headmaster. a little bit like Penfold from Dangerous. He did. So he used to have a book of stories... That they were always stories with slight morals behind them. Hmm. So I remember, I, I, I was only thinking about this the other day. He told us a story once, and what made me think was I was trying to work out what the hell the moral was in this story. So the story was: poor guy 
was on a ship going over to America and he got stranded in the middle of the, of the, the, the water and it was like, no, the way in them days you had rich people, poor people. No one had a razor blade except this one guy and I, all, all people needed to shave. He told everyone what we're going to do is if you all shave half your beards, because by then he'd been stranded for a few for a while, they all had beards. We said, tell you what, I'm the only one raised, but you, everyone shave half, make it sharp again, and we'll shave the other half off. So we made all the fellas on the boat shave half the beards off. And then he got the blade, sharpened it, shaved his off, then dropped the razor blade into the sea. And that was the story. And I'm like, and, oh, and you still don't know. And like, I would don't oh, know what the model was. But it's always, it's always stuck, stuck in my mind, that story, because it was such a random story, and I'm still, I'm still trying to find what the, what the point of it was. Don't remember that one at all. Do you know no. one? No. You have to, to Google it. Bit of a random one. But there's my favourite kid story, because we're literally only thinking about it the other day. Favourite childhood character? Optimus Prime. Lone Hero or Band of Merry Men? Men and women and friends and just stuff. Friends. <laughs> yeah. The Dread Pirate Roberts is the identity that's passed on in the film. Yeah. What is your pirate name? Oh, I always like bits in the middle of names. I've always, I'd always want to be Liam Van der Halewood or something <laughs> like that. It's always so. Yeah, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with my real name, but Vander Liam Van der Halewood. Okay, so The Prince's Bride then, how can the listener watch it? It is available on ITVX, their streaming platform, with advertisements, and there is a lot of them. And they go on for about three minutes, four minutes It was like going back to watching terrestrial yeah. TV, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Were, there was at least four, at least. Oh, at least, yeah. I think I think the ones, the, the first few, there was about six or seven adverts before the film came back on again and like I say it wasn't like like the Amazon one are very quick adverts yeah. aren't they there's maybe about 20 yeah. seconds these were full on two, yeah three minutes. these outbreaks. were full on get up go up make but, a drink but at and come least back. at least you do it better because they'll say a line and they'll break for commercial and then when you come back from a commercial it's almost like they pull it back a couple of seconds if that makes sense whereas 3v just do that thing where you just cut in the middle of a scene mm. Butcher it. I think at least with ITV, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they'll wait until the line is spoken and then it cuts to the next scene. But when you come back after it, it goes, you pull it back then a few seconds. So it, you sort of get where you are. But yeah, it's still annoying. But yeah, so you can, you can pay probably. You to... can do usual 350 on YouTubes and Amazon Prime and all the usual malarkey. But if you want it free, it's, it's available. Just yeah. got to put it with that. So if the listener enjoys the princess bride we're going to talk about some other films that you might like we've got some themes that we're going to um attach to the movie i'll go first then go on i've gone with movies that have got a giant in it excellent so the iron giant yeah which we've done a podcast about 1989 jack the giant slayer with ewan mcgregor I've never seen it. You've never seen that? Yeah. Um, come out in 2013. It's okay. It's worth. It's definitely worth a watch. I think it's Brian Singer directed it. You've got the BFG cartoon and the Steven Spielberg movie. Gulliver's Travels. The 1996 version with Ted Danson. 
in the lead. Yes. And then you've got the 2010 remake with Jack Black and yeah. Chris O'Dowd. Yes, of from course. The yeah. IT crowd. Honey, I blew up the kid. Yeah. Which is the sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from 1992, Rick Moranis. And just because I want to throw a giant character in there, the Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Oh, <laughs> Joe Randomly. I was on, I, was, I bought new earbuds to listen. And I, I pet, went on Spotify. I don't know how, but it was, it, it got on the Ghostbusters soundtrack. Not, not, not the, not right. the who you're gonna call one. And they just, and I was like, it was like, wow. I was like, so it just came up with Ghostbusters. Just that was only this morning. Sure, random. Any excuse to put Ghostbusters in there, yeah. I'll, I'll find it. I've gone with movies that are either centered around a bride or centered around a wedding. Okay. I've gone with Tim Burton's The Corpse Bride. Never see. It. You you're know, we've Burton had this. Fan, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan, though. Love Corpse Brides from 2005. Father of the Bride with Steve Martin. Yeah. Um, he's currently in Only Murders in the Building. Coming to America. Yes. Because obviously he's looking for a bride, isn't he? He is, yeah. Uh, from 1988. We've done a podcast about that. Another one we've done a podcast about, which we can't ignore, Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Definitely about a wedding, that one. <laughs> the Wedding Crashes. Oh, I love The Wedding Crashes. That's a good film, in a 2005. The Wedding Singer. Love that film as well, yeah. Yeah. And then the last one, which I'm not sure if you've seen yet, with Andy Samberg and Kristen Milotto, Palm Springs. I have, yes. It's where they just keep repeating the day over yeah, and over so again. Yeah, so they go to yeah. a wedding, don't they? Yeah. It's a very Groundhog Day. It's a sort of sci-fi thing come out in 2020. That is definitely worth a I watch. I love Andy Samberg. Great, honey. What have you picked then? I picked... Films that have got a wrestler in them. So there's obviously a wrestling theme. We we obviously <laughs> love the fact that we're revisiting our childhoods because Andre the Giant is in this film. Ones I've got is Rocky Free, got Hulk Hogan. We've got Jesse Ventura is in both Predator, which we've done in previous episodes, and Running Man. I've got a couple of rock films. Fast and Furious 5 is where he first makes an appearance, which I think is probably one of the best Fast and Furious films. And he's also in Moana, which is one of my favourite <laughs> films as well. They Live, starring Roddy Piper. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen that film. film but you, you, I know you especially love that film. We've also got Dave Batista. He's obviously from Guardians of the Galaxy, but also he's amazing in the Knives Out Glass Onion. He film, is really good, which isn't is he? Recent. He's a good actor, isn't he? And just on the wrestling film, The Wrestler by Mickey Rourke, I just think it's such a great film. I'm going to just chuck that one in there as well. My other theme is medieval-type themes. So obviously I'm going to chuck in Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, the TV series, films, because they although... They're not historically medieval. It's set in that time, isn't it? So you think you've, you can't not have them. The fantasy films, aren't they? A little bit of left field, the Castlevania series on Netflix. So I haven't seen this. Is it's it good? It's really good, yeah. From the game? Oh, yes. Wait until you see the cast. It's an unbelievable cast. Some really big people pop up on it as well, so it's definitely worth watching that. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the... Kevin Costner one. Love Kevin Costner. Alan Rickman, speech, speaking of wedding scenes, Alan Rickman getting married. Will you hurry up? <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the video I sent this week yeah, Alan you Rickman? Did. Yeah, yeah. So Alan Rickman is talking about the scene where 
he's he's going going somewhere, isn't he? But he sees the girls and he's like, "You in my room at like ten o'clock. You ten fifteen. And then that line, that line where he says to the girl, "You and bring a friend," apparently come from Ruby Wax, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, Ruby Wax went over the script and said, "And say, you bring a friend." He said he did it on the day, didn't he? And he knew it where because all the crew just pulled a face, didn't he? Yeah. Like, oh my god, I can't believe what he's just said, and it worked. But you just remind me when I was reading about Prince Princess Bride, Rob Reiner couldn't be on set for Billy Crystal's scenes. Oh, really? He, he just couldn't stop laughing. He said oh, he right. I thought you were going to say he was ill or no, he, he just he, couldn't be there. He couldn't be there. He just, said he said they were just too much. He said he couldn't. And you just get that impression of Ryan and you think he's such just a lovely guy. People, he gets yeah. really good performances. But he was saying, he said it was too much. He said, I think they say that about Kirby Enthusiasm. When Lavi's directing, you know the scene's gone well because Lavi is laughing in the background. So like if you watch the outtakes of like the Ricky Gervais yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff, he's in the background, isn't he laughing? Pants very similar with Lavi David. Like if you if you hear Lavi in the background laughing, you know it's where you landed it. Carrying on with me medieval theme, I've got Seven Samurai, the original Japanese one is a really good film mm-hmm. you want to try and dig out with watch. Coming back to our childhood a little bit, Willow. Yeah, you haven't watched the the series got cancelled. Yeah, and I haven't the watched series the series really good. Yeah, but I used to love. I think I watched the film quite a few times mm-hmm. as a kid. I've also got Highlander in there as well. Oh, good shout! Yeah, good shout. And me last, but certainly not least, <laughs> Maid Mariam and then Merry Men, the BBC series. I just absolutely adored that TV show, and I'm sure I heard they were actually trying to bring it back as well. It won't be the same, will it? Because it it won't. I just can't see it being the same as, like, it was. That was what you used to watch when you came home from school, yeah, wasn't it? it was really, really, uh, just one of my favourite shows of all time now. Okay, so that was our first of our Rob Reiner box set, and it was The Prince's Bride, and you should watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on Way Experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcasts.